Greetings and welcome to an Odyssey into Oratory. I'm your host, Dan Riley. I am a collector of quotations. I would say that I have been my entire life, but that probably wouldn't be true. I doubt I collected any quotes when I was two years old. Now, if my mom were alive, I'm sure she'd correct me. Her recollections were always different than mine. Who knows? The earliest memory of collection I have is of an age well less than 10. It would be the late 60s. And as a huge football fan back then, I watched the Los Angeles Ram games with my father on Sunday mornings. These broadcasts, the undisputed high point of my week, would begin with football highlights corresponding to the lyrics of Jack Jones singing The Impossible Dream. Watching Jack Snow leap into the air to catch a 60-yard touchdown pass from Roman Gabriel while three would-be tacklers are dragging Gabriel into the ground and Jones belting out to try when your arms are too weary. Or Dick Bass carrying the football right up the middle into the teeth of the 49er defense and Mr. Jones crooning to run where the brave dare not go. Oh, this was all too inspiring for me not to capture. So I proceeded to find my peachy and wrote down what are the lyrics to the song, The Impossible Dream. Hence, a lifelong habit had started. The oldest quotation I have is this one. Look well to this one day, for it and it alone is life. In the brief course of this day lie all the verities and realities of your existence. The pride of growth, the glory of action, the splendor of beauty. Yesterday is only a dream, and tomorrow is but a vision. Yet each day, well lived, makes every day a dream of happiness, and each tomorrow a vision of hope. Look well, therefore, to this day, for it, and it alone, is life. This quotation comes to us from Sanskrit text written over 4,500 years ago. I don't remember when I first read this or from where I copied it, but if anything qualifies as timeless wisdom, this bit of advice certainly does. Our modern world is exploding with exciting, fascinating new information and theories as to how our reality really works and our part in it. From the holographic universe to string theory, from parallel lives to probable selves. We have the new discoveries in epigenetics and neuroplasticity. And among the most interesting theories currently being explored, advanced by authors Norman Deutsch and Richard Rystak, is that our brain is a form of a hologram. A hologram, of course, is an entity or system where the whole is contained in any one of its parts. Here's a good way to understand the concept. With holographic photography, you take a photograph of a rose, break the photographic plate into two parts, each part will have a complete picture of the rose. Keep breaking the plate into pieces and each piece will still show the entire rose. The current theory being advanced holds that our brain may be a holographic piece of the universe. Fascinating, why not? We see fractals everywhere in creation. Atoms and galaxies have the same construction. Matter spinning at dizzying speeds separated by vast, vast amounts of so-called empty space. What a piece of photographic plate is to a rose, what an atom is to a galaxy, is what a day is to our life. The whole is contained in the piece. Don't be fooled by the simplicity of our Sanskrit quotation. At first glance, it may seem trite, just a handful of platitudes, 
but it truly is profound. Why else would it be translated into scores of different languages and passed down by successive generations for almost 5,000 years? It was as good a guide for daily living in the primitive cultures of Sumeria and Egypt as it is in our modern world. Oh, like most things in life, a good philosophy is easier stated than practice, but it's worth the effort. These concepts make for great pontifications, but are tough to live by. Tough, but not impossible. So many of our current generation is missing the mark of a well-lived life because of video games and social media. My generation, along with social media, we clutter our days with Netflix, reality TV, and the comfort sitcoms of a bygone era. And people like me, we spend too much time watching professional athletes living their lives rather than living our own life and making our own unique contributions. I'm working on this stuff just like you. So many of us miss today the only day we have because we are so nostalgic for some bygone era in our life. Ah, oh, I want to go back to my childhood. That was living. I suspect we are not really trying to recapture our childhood. We are trying to recapture how we approached life then. We lived in the day. It alone was life. Each day as kids, we had the pride of growth, the glory of action, and the splendor of beauty, all of which are still available today. Others postpone life. I'll enjoy life when I get promoted, get a new job, get that new car, marry that man, divorce that woman, or a whole host of some days. The good life never arrives. It's always just around the bend. When one comes to the realization, and I suspect each of us do in our own time, that a single day is as good as life ever gets, it can be both staggering and inspiring. The folly of forsaking a Wednesday while yearning for a Saturday becomes obvious. This is not to say all days weigh the same in our minds and our memories. Of course not. We have good days and not so good days. We have happy days and sad days. But it's our emotion tied to events that color the day, good or bad. The fact remains, we get 28,000 days, give or take a few, all made of the same raw materials. Used correctly, each yesterday is a dream of happiness and each tomorrow a vision of hope. While having an early lunch on the beautiful Mexican sea, a vacationing businessman watched as a small boat laden with large yellowfin tuna docked right next to him. In this pretty Mexican village, a lone fisherman jumped ashore. That's a great catch, said the tourist. How long did it take you? Not so long, replied the native fisherman. Why didn't you stay out longer and catch more fish? Oh, this is enough to keep my family provided for. Well, what do you do with the rest of your time, said the businessman. I sleep late, fish a little, play with my children, have lunch, take a siesta with Maria, my wife, stroll into the village each evening, sip wine, play guitar and cards with my amigos. A full and rich life, senor. I think I can help you, the visitor said, wrinkling his nose. I'm a Harvard MBA, and I'll tell you what I learned in business school. Spend more time fishing, buy a bigger boat, make more money, then buy several more boats until you get a fleet. Don't sell the catch to a middleman. Sell directly to the processor, eventually opening your own cannery. You control the product, the production, and the distribution. You could then leave this small town behind, move to Mexico City, then on to Los Angeles maybe, perhaps eventually to New York City to run your expanding firm. 
But, senor, how long will this take? Fifteen, twenty years? But then what, senor? That's the best part, the businessman laughed. When the time is right, you could float on the market and make millions of dollars. Hmm, millions, you say? What then, senor? The businessman forced into an aha moment said, Then you could retire and go home, move to a pretty village by the sea, sleep late, fish a little, visit with your kids, take a siesta with your wife Maria, and stroll the village evenings, sipping wine and playing guitar and cards with your friends. The fisherman took our Harvard grad full circle, gave him a lesson in Sanskrit philosophy, and had him second-guessing his own logic. For each of us, someday, ready or not, it's all going to come to an end. We'll merge back into the mystery where there are no more sunrises or sunsets. So look well into this day for it, and it alone is life. For my part, that's all there is. This is Dan Riley taking you on an odyssey into oratory. Until next time, throw off those bowlines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds. We're on the move now. We are excited to announce the launch of an odyssey into oratory from speaker to spellbinder. This new dynamic and interactive speech training program was created specifically for the changing world we find ourselves in. In a business career spanning 40 years, from bagging groceries all the way to the executive suite, Dan has attended and delivered several hundred presentations and speeches. Throughout his odyssey, he has completed several prestigious executive speech programs. He is a four-time graduate of the Dale Carnegie course and a decades-long Toastmaster. But most of all, he is a lifetime student of the great orators, past and present. In combining his years of experience, study, and training, he has distilled and synthesized these lessons to create an online seven-week training course. While this course can benefit anyone looking to acquire or improve their public speaking skills, it was designed specifically for those working in a corporate or entrepreneurial environment. With his vast experience in the marketplace, Dan's students will receive insights and communication strategies that are not offered in the traditional speech training program. It is an integrated course in that it includes many other components of personal development that will transform good speakers into spellbinders. For more information on how to enroll in Dan's course, From Speaker to Spellbinder, Contact us at anodysseyintooratory at gmail.com. Additionally, you can find Dan's blog at spiritualsideofsuccess.blog.